0: Hello everyone and welcome to Conversation of Change, the podcast that features social entrepreneurs that create inspiring and positively impactful work. My name is Gladys and I am a change maker with Make the Change, a social enterprise in Singapore offering learning programs to tertiary students and persons with disabilities, offering creative services to businesses as well as educating corporates about creating lasting impacts and attaining their targeted CSR goals. Today, we will be speaking to David Jaber, the founder and CEO of Climate Positive Consulting. So, Climate Positive Consulting is a firm that advances better decision-making through climate strategy, carbon footprint analysis, and greenhouse gas reduction. Over the last 20 years, David has worked with over 150 companies on environmental excellence. So, they analyze operations, supply chains, and facilities to identify improvement opportunities in line with science-based targets and net-zero goals. Lastly, they are also a certified B Corporation. So hello David! Thanks so much for joining us today. So I've done a really quick intro about your company, but today our main focus will be getting to know more about how companies can hit both climate goals and go net-zero. So before we jump into that, can you tell us a little bit more about climate positive consulting?
1: Sure. And thank you so much, Gladys, for having me here and giving me the opportunity to talk more about what we do. So you have indeed hit the highlights. Uh, We focus our work with businesses and we are doing uh, what you just said. So we craft climate strategy measure carbon footprint and drive greenhouse gas reductions. So deeply helping those companies that choose to work with us to really understand the impact that they're having on the climate and build roadmaps to improve their impact. Uh, We are based in the United States, but our team works remotely. And uh, we are also, as you mentioned, part of the B Corporation community, which is how you and I met.
0: All right, okay, now jumping straight in. So. In today's era, businesses know that they have to make a conscious effort to reduce their carbon footprint, but you know, there's always that first step and that first question. So how exactly do we start? So are you able to share more about your services and take us through how it would be like for a company to get on board with climate positive consulting?
1: There's a range of ways companies engage with us, but it is all within the realm of uh, carbon because we are really focused on helping companies with their greenhouse gas footprint. So once we've worked through the exact details of what the scope, typically how a project starts is with data collection. So uh, you as a company on your end just have to go throughout your facilities and supply chain to gather data that's pertinent to sources of greenhouse gas emissions. And that can take some time if you're looking at not only your facilities, but any vehicles you own, uh, working with suppliers to get information from them, as well as uh, for manufacturing companies, you'll have a lot of sourcing, uh, transportation that we would need to look at, as well as shipping products and packaging. For service companies, you have sort of less of those physical impacts, but they're still working with data centers, buying other products and services that you need for your company. So that will take a lot. And then um, there's always a lot of back and forth in terms of figuring out, you know, how do we have the data exactly right? Where are there are where are there gaps? Where do we know we there should be data there, but we can't get it. So we have to extrapolate or, or come up with other estimates, but basically do the quality control that lets us know that we have a good set of data to start with. And at that point, we're really going into the measuring and the analysis. So the data that you, would have just collected on a company would have been throwing things like kilowatt hours of electricity. It would be th- therms of natural gas or whatever measure you use in your com- country. Uh, so, you know, some might be measuring in megajoules, meters cube. There's all kinds of different units. Gallons or liters of fuel uh, and other pieces of data on all those sources that I just mentioned. All of that needs to be converted into metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent, which is the currency by which you measure climate impacts. So at that point, we will have a pretty good picture of what your footprint looks like, and then at that point, we're really talking about the results with you. So together, we look over the findings, uh, what portions of your value chain as a business are the greatest contributors to your footprint, and what recommendations we have to reduce your carbon footprint. And at that point, um, some of the best projects actually get into discussions of goals and targets. A lot of this, a lot of this measuring activity and all the effort that goes into it isn't really meaningful if you're not actually using that to make better decisions and improve your footprint. And there's a lot of structure around goals and targets that maybe we can get into later, but in terms of companies looking at net zero or science-based targets or climate positive technically isn't always, it's, it's a, a relatively vague goal. Um, and we we haven't defined it yet, but maybe we can get into that. But the general sense there is that there's all kinds of different targets you could set with more or that are more or less aggressive and really working through as a company, you know what makes sense based on um, how far we think you can get uh, to the goal.
0: Yeah, all right, so let's get into that. So what exactly does it mean for a company to be climate positive?
1: Well, as we would define that, uh, climate positive business has a net zero goal, but one that's coupled to a science-based target. Uh, The science-based target provides extra rigor getting toward a net zero goal. And by net zero, what that means is you're drawing as many, you're drawing as much carbon dioxide equivalent, you're drawing the greenhouse gases out of the air as you're putting into the air. So that can be a steep goal. And one concern around net zero historically, and why I mentioned having a science-based target, is, in theory, the way many companies were talking about net zero targets early on, implied that they might not necessarily have to do any reducing of their emissions and just buy offsets. And offsets are something that are outside of your company's operations that you basically put money toward to try to reduce greenhouse gas emissions elsewhere. So that could be planting trees. It could be investing in renewable energy projects elsewhere. It could be capturing uh, high-impact chemicals like refrigerants or methane, which kind of escapes from different sources. And a lot of these projects are actually still good projects to do, but because because, uh, there's risk of those projects not working as designed, that's why the emphasis that science-based targets comes in and says, you actually do have to make significant reductions. You can't just offset your footprint. The other thing I would say about climate positive companies. So we had this first aspect of a net zero goal coupled with science-based target. The second is seeking to have some beneficial outcomes beyond net zero and beyond uh, greenhouse gas emissions as a result of your doing business. So that could be restoring habitat. It could be advancing climate justice. It could be bringing a more diverse group of voices into the climate discussion, you know, enabling policy or even just, of your hiring practices. But it really needs to have this sense of creating a positive impact, not just um, breaking even or going net zero.
0: I see. Okay, I think you put it really well. So, I'm even, even I myself, I, you know, when I first started getting on such a topic, I always thought about how exactly do you know do we quantify such differences that we're making? And I think you're doing it in a Really great way. And yeah, so moving on to our next topic. So now let's talk about your book, Climate Positive Business, which lays out the path of business climate strategies and highlighting how businesses must set goals, measure impact, and improve performance. So, can you please share more about how this idea of climate positive business came about and why companies would definitely want a copy of your book?
1: Sure. Uh, and, And appreciate the plug. The the, you know, the reason I wrote climate positive business is largely the same reason that I, that I started climate positive consulting as, as a company. It's really to drive the change that we want to see. So, uh, you know, we're an established company working with businesses, but we can't work with them all. You know, we have a relatively small team. And even with that, I mean, there's only, there's a lot of work that needs to be happened, And um, we have a relatively short time frame when we want to see this work happen globally. So climate positive business ended up being my attempts to capture what companies need to do fairly succinctly so you could have a guidebook that that does guide um, a reader through the steps of a business tackling its greenhouse gas footprint. I also wanted to flag some of the concerns, like I just mentioned, with a net zero uh, and being completely dependent on offsets. and how that's not a strategy that's really robust because we do need to actually reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions in a a credible and verifiable way. But then there's also just encouraging people to think more holistically. Um, You could do do short-sighted projects that might, um, you know, you could put up um, a large solar array, for example, uh, by clearing out um, a a small forest of trees. If you're looking holistically, you're not going to do that because you actually realize that trees... And forests um, provide not only climate impact, but they're they're creating habitat. Uh, they could be food production. There's a lot of co-benefits with um, trees that you're not going to get simply from the solar panels. Um, so, encouraging people to you know preserve the habitat we have because we know there's greater ecological benefits. Um, you know, look critically at things like uh, plastic, um, which have End of life impacts, even if sometimes they actually do come up as the preferable climate option, and um, because again we can't reach out to everyone, but it was relatively straightforward to get that packaged into a book that people can access, you know, to provide kind of guidance. And then if if that inspires people to actually want to work with us, great. If it just gives them guidance to like move forward by themselves and just figure out how to make things work even better.
0: All right. Actually, I was just wondering, has there ever been a company that has come up to you with completely no idea at all, you know, and like they've not been accounting for any of, you know, their footprints in terms of like quantity and you have to step in completely to take over. Is that usually how it goes for companies that have no idea how to even start?
1: You know, it depends. I think if a company reaches out to us they at least are already seeing the value or there's some imperative for them to tackle climate. So the investor community is actually driving a lot of action for businesses that weren't looking at climate even maybe three years ago because investors have keenly become keenly interested in the per climate performance of their investments. If you've heard anything about ESG or ESG investing, ESG performance, it's just a very hot topic now That's that's not that well-defined. So some companies are driven by that. Uh, some companies that we work with are actually relatively sophisticated and they sort of want to take their work to the next level. So it, it really depends, but for us, it, it always starts with doing that initial carbon footprint. So they have a baseline of their emissions, because if you don't have that, then you don't really have a grounding to, I mean, you certainly, you could set reduction targets, but you actually wouldn't even know like where to start because you don't know what you're reducing in the first place. So yeah, I think it's, uh, and then, um, if we have to guide them, a lot of times companies actually have not gone through the process the first time to collect data on all those greenhouse gas sources, so the process I had described uh, just a few minutes ago would be exactly what they would be going through.
0: I see Okay, that's a really great insight. I think most of the time, for me personally, I feel that companies do want to take that first step, but you know they're always not sure how or you know do they even have the fundamentals to even like reach out to do even more. Yeah. So I think that what that's on the business level, but you know, now that we've talked we've spoken a lot about how businesses are able to take concrete steps towards achieving their climate goals. But for the sake of our listeners, so can you share some tips on how they can start working towards achieving a net zero future in their own personal life?
1: So looking more at an individual level versus companies with supply chains.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, if I'm consistent, I would probably encourage you to look at doing your own personal footprint because there are tools to do that. I think, uh, and that would still sort of dictate, um, you know, where you have to look. So for example, uh, on an individual level, taking a lot of plane trips, if you have the resources to do that, can increase your footprint quite dramatically. So someone who flies a lot, is that's something they'd have to look at. And that's honestly one of the thornier issues too, because a lot of us like to travel um, there aren't great alternatives at the moment, unless you're going to sit on a boat for like three weeks to try to go overseas. Um, so uh, I think they, someone who has that level of kind of you know flight investment in flying, um, would have to focus there. Whereas if that's not something you do, then um, you have to look elsewhere. But I think you know looking at where your money actually sits, to the, looking at what sort of banks you're saving with, are one way that individuals can think about how they how they're impacting that doesn't, isn't always immediately available. On electricity, um, some places are cleaner than others, uh, just depending on what goes into the grid. So uh, your electricity could have kind of more or less impact. And ways to get at that are efficiency and renewables. If you, again, if you have sort of the resources to um, kind of look into that, but, you know, I would, I would at least look at, uh, there's online tools like the nature conservancy I think has an online uh, carbon calculator. Um, there's another calculator that's built for uh, California in the US, but it, it's a it's pretty good calculator otherwise and it does go for a, a wider range of um, looks at a, a wider range of geographies called cool California. So these are calculators that can at least help you um, kind of see what you do. Another thing that um, in kind of more industrialized uh, countries is something you hear a lot about is uh, the choices of your diet, because a lot of it comes back to your purchasing decisions, and you see a lot of emphasis toward, you know, you reducing meat consumption. And if you are um, choosing meat, you can at least look at more responsible, you know, alternatives.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. Actually, the one that interested me the most was about how, you know, even by choosing the bank that you deposit your money in could also make an impact in your own personal like journey. So this is something new to me as well.
1: Well, it can also be a mechanism to pressure. I think if you look there, at least uh, I think in the US, but there's also global movements to pressure financial institutions to kind of stop their investments in fossil fuels. So it's, I think the more people that are asking financial institutions to do that, the more it's going to happen.
0: Oh, huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're taking this step forward. And before we end off today, so we'd just like to ask if there's any final words from you to encourage companies to actually take this step forward and start working towards their climate goals?
1: I would say, first of all, look at the science-based targets and all the companies that are involved there's a wide range of multinationals all across the globe that have now signed up. So it's the overall numbers, not that much over 2000 companies, but if you look at it, it's uh, if you look at the purchasing power of those companies, I I mean, it must be in the trillions at this point just because of of their scale. So if you're working with a business, that's a supplier to these companies, uh, it is very likely that you'll be asked to provide your information on your own carbon footprint. So taking action to understand your carbon footprint poises you better to meet those types of requests. For smaller companies, I would also, I think, beyond just the accounting, ultimately we want to drive action. So there's a lot of known solutions in terms of being able to purchase green energy. Uh, You can often do that through uh, utilities increasingly. Um, I don't know where kind of Singapore and Southeast Asia are on that, but I think uh, in, certainly in the, in the U.S. and the EU, it's sort of a common practice to look at that. Not everyone necessarily has the money for solar panels, but um, things like LEDs, uh, efficient lighting uh, can be a relatively cost-effective way to look at your impact. And then even other things like low-flow water fixtures that reduce hot water use. So, they can use reduce hot and cold water. But if you're reducing hot water use, you're actually getting water savings as well as energy savings. So, I think just looking at some of those practical ways to um, reduce energy use is something everyone should be looking at, even outside of doing their own climate accounting.
0: Yeah, those are great steps to take forward. I think even for us personally, for our company, we do have like a small little net zero team that we're working with right now just for us, you know, internally to see how we can even reduce our own carbon footprint, be it things like taking more public transport as compared to, you know, driving to work or, you know, be it like, yeah, like using takeaway boxes and things like that.
1: That's great and how long how long have you had that group
0: I would say almost about a year so taking like little small steps and really trying to account Great. in terms of like numbers yes how exactly are we reducing how are we doing better than the year before so I believe that every company out there, you can take this small little step forward, start your own little team in your company, call it your net zero group. And, you know, I always believe that when we work together in a group, it's more fun that way. And, you know, there's some sort of drive to actually take this step forward.
1: Sure. And I think, you know, getting people engaged can kind of get them excited about doing, especially for those that are interested in the topic. And by, you know, collaboratively approaching it like that, you'll get new ideas that you wouldn't have gotten if you were just thinking about it yourself because each person sort of knows their different area as well and may see different impacts. So that's that's great to hear.
0: Yes, and I'll be able to share with my team more about what you have shared with me today. So, you know, the learning goes on every day. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, David, for your insightful sharing, and we really appreciate you joining us today. I think the main takeaway for me today would really be learning how that, you know, even on an individual impact first. Like even the most mundane kind of like decisions that you make could also make a very large impact. And, you know, I also believe that on an individual level, when you actually believe in it yourself, you're able to impact your company and take your company towards their greater goals.
1: A real pleasure to speak with you today, Gladys. And all my best with the uh, Conversation of Change.
0: Thank you so much. And lastly, to our dear listeners, please head to our website at makethechange.sg for more information on how we do business for good and stay tuned to the next episode of Conversation of Change.